It was nice to be back in the central time zone to recap this game yesterday. Brewers win 4-3 to three over the Cardinals. There's a lot to get into with this. A lot to unpack. They gritted this one out. I'm going to explain why next. You are Locked On Brewers. Your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning. Happy holiday weekend, everybody. I am Dominic Catronio. Today is Friday, May 27th. This is Locked On Brewers, your only daily podcast dedicated to your Milwaukee Brewers. I'm the statistician for Bally Sports Wisconsin, bringing you all the news and nuggets you need to know about the Brew Crew this season. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. So, Brewers win 4-3. to Mentioned that. We got a lot of stats unpacked from this one. Overall, we're going to look at Encouraging themes from this game. Eric Lauer gets the win just going five innings. That's all they needed out of him today, but more on that in a moment. Five innings, four hits, two runs, both earned. Four walks, odd, and only one strikeout, also odd, but I'll explain why a little bit later. Adam Wainwright gets the loss. Holds go each to Trevor Kelly, Trevor Gatt, and Brad Boxberger. Of course, Devin Williams had the day off after the Herculean effort uh, over the week against San Diego. And then Josh Hader has returned to the team. He gets his 16th save of the year. He is 16 for 16 to start the year. And now 30 consecutive saves going back to last season as well. So the Brewers win. They are now 29 and 16. The Cardinals fall to 24 and 20. We're going to talk about this game, overarching themes. Less of a recap, more of an overarching theme. We're going to talk about tomorrow as well and look around the league here as we get ready for this holiday weekend. As a reminder of what's going on around baseball, getting ready for some fun as the Brewers continue this road trip. They've got today, uh, tonight I should say, is a 7-15 first pitch tonight for the Brew Crew against the Cardinals. And then back-to-back day games tomorrow and Sunday before they head to Chicago for a doubleheader on Memorial Day on Monday. So let's jump into this game. First and foremost, I think the most important stat that continues to pop up around the Brewers all season long is the number four. What is important about the number four, specifically the number four runs? Well, when the Brewers score at least four runs, they're one of the best teams in baseball. They're practically unbeatable when they score at least four runs. So winning four to three yesterday puts their record to 23 and three. When they score at least four runs. Just four. That's it. Whereas if it's just obviously three runs or fewer, as you would expect, that record drops to six and 13. All you need is four runs for this team to get the job done. That is a great, great sign that the pitching staff is just as good as it was last season. They get things done in the opener against the Cardinals. And in a game that Eric Lauer, let's be honest, he was not even close to his best in this game. Weird first couple of innings, over 50 pitches in his first two innings. Then he hit a groove after the third inning on. Only pitched five innings in this game, 96 pitches, 59 for strikes. I'm going to dive into the actual numbers of this in just a moment, but the overall feeling of this. So Eric Lauer, dude's been shoving. He just, you know, seven shutout innings against the Nationals last week here at home. Things have been looking really great for him as a breakout star and all-star candidate here in 2022. And here he is with a clunker. 
He gets through the Cardinals lineup, one of the best offenses in the National League. Paul Goldschmidt is going to win Player of the Month. He's had Player of the Month locked up for like a week now. Paul Goldschmidt is the hottest hitter on the planet. Nolan Arenado, every year All-Star. And I know Albert Pujols is older. He's still got pop in the bat. He is still somebody that is in there to face left-handers like Eric Lauer. Top of that order, Tommy Edmond. He continues to torch the Brewers. Harrison Bader seems to always have a good game against the Brewers. He did it last night. But the, 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 the look at this lineup, it's a deep lineup that you are facing. And to go into it with your C game and grit out five innings, only two runs allowed, both in the first inning, to make the adjustment and move forward, and you clearly did not have your best stuff. That only makes you better, and that makes the team better. Because when you think about the fact that, it, let, let's look ahead. Let's say Eric Lauer's struggling in a couple weeks again. He has a tough couple first innings, and he's throwing a lot of pitches, and he's not getting strikes. He says, hey, wait a minute. I, I managed to lock down the Cardinals when I didn't have my best stuff. I can knock down these guys. I can get back up and go. It's such a mental, mental, long marathon of a game for Eric Lauer to perform and get the win despite having his struggles with the strike zone. Four walks, a new season high for him, only one strikeout. And on the note on the strikeout, the Brewers, or rather the Cardinals, excuse me, they're the hardest team in baseball to strike out. It's not necessarily the fewest total strikeouts. It's the fewest strikeout rate. They strike out less than one in five at-bats, which is really, really good in today's baseball. By comparison, the Brewers, they're about one in every four at-bats. So 19.4% versus 24%. That's the difference. That's a lot of ABs when you factor it out across an entire season. Cardinals do not strike out a lot. Against a strikeout pitcher, they made him work. And four walks, they made him pay. He could not have a not have very good command with the breaking stuff today, specifically the slider. Slider really disappeared on Eric Lauer. He only threw 10 strikes out of 22 sliders thrown. And furthermore, he only had eight swings and misses in this game. Four of them were on fastballs, zero on the cutter, and three were on the slider. So of those 10 strikes he got on the slider, three of them were on swings and misses, and then five more were on balls in play or foul balls. So for Eric to make it through this game with, again, not his best stuff. First pitch strikes weren't great either. First pitch strikes, uh, it was all about the breaking balls. Get me overs were getting it done. Granted, I, as I said, this it was in the middle of the game. It was really rough. Then it got better. But listen to this. On pitches other than a fastball for first pitch strikes, Eric Lauer went 12 for 13. In first pitch strikes on curves, sliders, and changeups. He went six for ten on first pitch strikes on fastballs. A lot of get me overs. It was working. Cardinals were taking them, staying patient, making him work into deeper counts. He was losing some of those deep counts. Seemed like every at bat in the first two innings was going seven pitches or longer against Eric Lauer, and he gets the job done. As for the other side, Adam Wainwright, the uh, Brewers were aggressive against him, but they saw a ton of of slow curveballs from Uncle Charlie. So he threw 27 curveballs, 27 cutters, and 26 sinkers. He, that's that's what you do when you don't throw 96 anymore. When you're throwing 89, 91 mile an hour, you got to make sure it cuts, got to make sure it moves, and make that fastball look even firmer when you're throwing so many curveballs as he did. The cutter was a really key pitch for him. Got a few swings and misses on that. Not a lot of loud contact against 
Wainwright with the exception of Luis Arias in that first inning. Man, what a start it was. Brewers got two runs in the first. Started off second batter of the game, Luis Arias, solo homer. Don't you dare take Luis Arias for granted ever again, his fourth homer of the year. He has now reached base in all but one game since he returned from the IL. Brewers get two runs in the first. But then the Cardinals responded with two runs in the bottom of the first. But the best part of this game, the best part, is that the Brewers punched right back in the second inning. Yes, they failed to get the shutdown inning in the bottom of the first. It was the first runs that Eric Lauer had allowed in the first inning all season long. And I think this is what helped Eric calm things down. The fact that they punched right back. Lorenzo Cain lines out to deep right center. He hit it well, but Bader was shaded that way. Peterson doubles into right field. So, boom, he got a man in scoring position for the top of the order. But then a pop-out, two-out runs. They continue to produce with two outs. Luis Urias reaches on a throwing error, so now it's runners on the corners. And that man, Christian Yelich, I told you guys this week, he's starting to get hot again. He's hitting it to the opposite field. He's seeing fastballs a lot better. Yelich goes two for four with a walk as well, reaching base three times, an RBI single to take the lead in the second. That's a play that I'm going to circle that the Brewers punched right back against Wainwright and the Cardinals despite blowing a 2-0 lead in the first inning and the Cardinals allowing themselves to get right back in it. The Brewers said, no, no, we're taking control of this game. Eric Lauer sees that says, all right, my offense is here. I'm here to shut things down. It got a little shaky in the second, but he still threw a zero up on the board. And then from there in, at one point he retired nine batters in a row. He completes five innings. He does his job without his best stuff. So the Brewers win this game 4-3. to I want to jump into the bullpen here in just a little bit as well. Uh, also going to talk about tomorrow's game. Overall, diving into the box score, we'll uh, do that here in the next segment. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Not just protein bars nowadays, y'all. They've got granola bars now. They're listening to all the complaints. Hey, why don't you have a granola bar? You're a protein bar company. You got to have something with granola, right? Well, they finally do. They got three flavors of their granola bars. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. You can try all three. You can get a mixed box at built.com. That's B-Y-L-T.com. They're different from the bars and the puffs. It's a granola bar with protein infused, of course. 15 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and just 150 calories, and still covered in 100% real chocolate for a crunch, for a bit of crunch and a bit of chewiness. You can, you've been looking for something healthy and nutritious and actually delicious this is Built Bar. They've got all the product line available at BuiltBuilt.com, whether it's the bars, the puffs, or now the granola bars. We got an offer for you. The offer is 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15. Again, go to Built.com. Promo is LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Combing through the box score in this one as we get ready to talk about the bullpen, the Brewers, they get... Four runs on 12 hits. Every single Brewer had a hit in this game. No errors. Cardinals had three runs on seven hits. They committed one error. It did not come back to bite them. Brewers left nine runners on base. The Cardinals left 11 runners on base. Brewers went three for 11 with runners in scoring position. That's better than 250. As for the Cardinals, they went one for six with runners in scoring position. So now if you go back to the San Diego series, currently on this road trip, the Brewers are holding their opponents to 4 for 30 with runners in scoring position. The bullpen continues to thrive. They've now thrown 14 innings of work on this road trip. They've only allowed two earned runs. Nasty. Incredible stuff. The second run coming today with the Paul Goldschmidt solo home run off of Trevor Gott. But again, 
Paul Goldschmidt is the hottest hitter on the planet right now. It's ridiculous what he's doing. Another multi-hit game. He's got a 17-game hitting streak and a 31-game on-base streak. He is a completely different player than what we saw in the first week of the season. Remember when he was hitting a buck 40 in the first eight games of the year. So Goldschmidt's hot again. But combing through the rest of this box score, I want to give a shout-out to Andre Palente. He shoved it against the Brewers, another guy that, not really pitching to strikeouts. Brewers only struck out five times in this game. But getting ground ball outs, three innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. His ERA is currently .82. The Cardinals are really excited about this kid. They're bringing him into middle relief right now until there's a spot available in the starting rotation. So Palente was really, really good. For the Brew crew, four different relievers. Trevor Kelly had the sixth inning. Faced a window of right-handed hitters, allowed a walk. That was it. Got a strikeout in there as well. His first hold this season. Trevor Gott had the seventh inning, and despite allowing a home run to Goldschmidt, that was it. Also uh, got three uh, pop out, uh, got three outs in play, I should say. Then Brad Boxberger had the eighth, allowed a single, but that was it. Got a strikeout as well. And then finally, in the ninth inning, Josh Hader against uh, the top of the order locks things down in his first game back. Uh, since the opener against the Nationals. So for Josh Hader, 16 saves this year. Mentioned at the top of the pod, 30 consecutive saves now for Josh Hader, going back to last season. It's the longest active streak. He's now got 32 consecutive scoreless innings going back to last season as well. So he's gone for the family medical emergency list. Uh, again, the best news, not only that he's back, but the better news is that wife and baby are doing okay. Maria and his first son is still doing okay. She's still going through with the pregnancy right now. The, the worry is, you know, complications, things like that. Would she have to have the baby sooner than planned? Things of that nature. But he's going to stick around with the Brewers on this road trip and uh, see what happens for the rest of this month and see when their baby boy is due. So good to hear that things are okay for Maria and the Hater family. For Josh, to, to just put this into perspective, all the records he's setting. It's already the most consecutive games with a save to open a season. Uh, he was the second fastest to 500 career strikeouts, only behind Aroldis Chapman, uh, in innings pitch, that is. He was the NL reliever of the month. He was NL reliever of the year for, th- for the third time last year. The dude, it's just like, I mean, Devin Williams was great the last three days, don't get me wrong, and most teams would love to have Devin Williams on their team. You got Josh freaking Hader back. Man, I mean, it just feels so over, and I know it got a little tense there in the ninth inning if you're watching. Two men got aboard uh, for the Cardinals before uh, it was finally ended by Yepes uh, to end the game. He went 0 for 4. How about the pitching staff getting nine pop-outs today? against the Cardinals. Sure, they weren't getting strikeouts, but they were getting innocent pop-outs on the infield. And, and there were very few ground ball outs today for the Brewers staff. Lauer got five, but aside from that, only one in the bullpen and went to Trevor Kelly. Everything else was fly-outs or pop-outs. And it was just no loud contact, really, against the Brewers as well. And this is the day, too. Again, the bullpen didn't have everybody in the A-pen with no Devin Williams today. But... Trevor Kelly fills a key inning of middle relief that we've been talking about. And news broke before this game of, remember, we've been talking about the fact that this week is the end of having more than 13 pitchers on your roster. No, that's gone. 
Major League Baseball has decided to extend that rule change for a little while longer. So the the Brewers and all of baseball, they are allowed to carry more than 13 pitchers. Still got to carry 26 players, though. But they're allowed to carry more than 13 pitchers for until June. It'll go through June 19th. So they can have 14, but... The point is, when you're having a 26-man roster, if you want to roll with a three-man bench, you're more than welcome to with 10, 11, 12. So that means backup catcher is one. Then you only got two bench spots. For the Brewers right now, they're already kind of light as far as things go on the pitching staff. Obviously, with Freddie Peralta out, Miguel Sanchez got an option down to AAA with Josh Hader re-arriving. John Del Gustave is still on the injured list. And with the way things work out right now for the Brewers. They need these middle relief innings like Trevor Kelly, like Brent Suter, like uh, Perdomo to get these innings done and to make it work as quickly as possible. It, it was a low-key, a very important sixth inning because of the fact that Eric Lauer only went five. You looked at Brandon Woodruff here today saying, hey man, we used a lot of our A bullpen yesterday. If you can get through seven, that would be clutch. That would be great. Six at minimum is what they're hoping for out of Woodruff today, given the fact they don't want to have to continue filling this middle inning of relief, this fifth, this sixth, sometimes in some cases the seventh inning in in games that they don't have both Williams and Boxberger. I'd be shocked personally if they go to Williams today. Yes, I know he had the day off yesterday, but three days in a row in May, Craig Council is going to play it safe. He trusts his bullpen a lot. You can go Trevor Kelly on back-to-back days. Trevor Gott's available to go on back-to-back days. I also think that Brad Boxberger is not going to be available since he's gone in the finale in San Diego and now the first game in St. Louis. I doubt they go three in a row with Boxberger. And mind you, he pitched the opener in San Diego too. What I'm going for here is the middle relief is starting to form itself. Whether it's Hobie Milner getting a, a situational out, Suter hasn't really been pitching in medium leverage games yet. But if Trevor Kelly sticks around a little while longer until Gustave returns and he fills those innings, and on top of that with Perdomo filling innings, that might be your solution for the time being until Cousins comes back and uh, until they decide what to do with Justin Topa when he starts his uh, official rehab assignment. So uh, just some general bullpen thoughts uh, as, again, only two earned runs now allowed on this road trip by the Brewers' bullpen. Uh, three runs total, two earned runs, as the one unearned run was, of course, the extra inning loss on Monday in San Diego. Brewers win 4-3. Let's look ahead to Brandon Woodruff uh, going here today. Before we do that, with our friends at Bet Online, they are the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Of course, the Warriors are into the NBA Finals yet again. They are already preliminary favorites. You would have already known that if you were on Bet Online. You can find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, and, of course, basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, next season's NFL futures. you got NHL playoffs on there as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and plenty, plenty more. Head to the website today, or you can use your phone to learn more about the trends and get in on the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Brewers win, Brewers win, Brewers win. So, four-game series, game two going here this afternoon. Again, a later first pitch, a 7-15 sorry, first pitch for the Cardinals and the Brewers. It'll be Brandon Woodruff against Dakota Hudson. Woodruff is now 5-2. He's been getting all the run support this season. Woodruff 5-2, a 4.76 ERA. He'll be making 
his ninth start of the season. Woodruff's last start was against the Nationals, went six strong innings, a quality start, his first in the month of May. Five hits, one run it was earned. It was on a solo home run by Lane Thomas. No walks for Brandon Woodruff in that game, and six strikeouts. Month has been a lot the month of May has been a lot better for him despite that one really bad one in Cincinnati back on May 9th. Uh you look at it in total for May, 21 innings. He's got a 4.29 ERA, but that's with five earned runs in Cincinnati in one start. He's also got 30 strikeouts in those 21 innings to just four walks. That's what I circle when I see Brandon Woodruff getting back on track. He's not walking, guys. The strikeouts are back up. Opponents are hitting 265 off of him, which is a little high by Brandon Woodruff's standards, but it's a whole lot better than what we were seeing in April when he had eight walks in 18 and two-thirds innings and just 19 strikeouts. So Woodruff is on his way back. He'll be facing his familiar opponent in the St. Louis Cardinals going up against Dakota Hudson. So Dakota, he's coming in 3-2, and two, a 3.60 ERA, also making his ninth start of the season. He last appeared against the Mets a week ago. He worked into the fifth inning, allowed five hits and four runs. They were all earned, two walks and two strikeouts. Hudson's a guy that is not going to strike you out. In fact, on the entire season, he only has 22 strikeouts in his 36 innings, or excuse me, in his uh, 40 innings this season. So he's not a guy that's going to strike you out. He's all about getting weak contact, pitching to contact, and getting as many ground balls as possible. He will walk, guys, too, if you stay patient. He has walked multiple batters in all but one start this season. The one start was back in opening week. So the last time he faced the Brewers was in that home opening weekend uh, back on April 17th. He went three innings, three hits, four runs, three were earned. That was on the Sunday finale. He had one hit batter, two walks, and two strikeouts. So Dakota Hudson, somebody the Brewers have seen plenty of and understand another soft tosser that they can maybe take advantage of in tomorrow's or today's game. I always record these night before it happens. Slip of the tongue. Live with it. As we look around the league right now, I just want to take a moment. I like to do these on Fridays. Now we'll do this more moving forward. I'm just reminding how everything is looking right now and what's going on in baseball, which it's so hard to follow when you're already following your team, the Brew Crew. But what the Yankees are doing right now needs to be recognized that they're 32 and 13. They stomped the the Rays again yesterday, 7 to 2. That game was in Tampa Bay as well. 32 and 13 and they're five and a half games up on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is 26 and 18 and they're five and a half back in their division. That's insane in the AL East what's going on out there. So the Yankees continue to mash. Their run differential is plus 73. That's second only to the LA Dodgers, which leads me to my next point. At the time of recording, the Dodgers are about to wrap up a blowout win over the Diamondbacks. They're up 12 to 1 right now. Mookie Betts is the story with the Dodgers. He's starting to look like MVP Mookie again. And uh, that is certainly setting shivers down to the rest of the National League and especially the NL West. The good news is that the Brewers don't see the Dodgers for a while. In fact, the Brewers won't even see the Dodgers until the second half. Both of the series will be against LA. After the All-Star break, they go to Chavez Ravine in uh, July. Before, but before that, the Dodgers come to Milwaukee for a four-game set July or sorry, August 15th through 18th. And then they go there to LA the following week, August 22nd through 24th. So it'll be a while until they see them, but the Dodgers continue to impress out west. They're about to be 30 
and 14. They are leading the Western Division. San Diego, 28 and 16. The Padres uh, had the day off uh, today. They did not uh, have a contest. They get ready for the weekend. As for San Francisco, there's still five games above 500 as well. San Francisco is 24 and 19. Let's stick to the NL in the NL East. The Mets, Jacob DeGrom is playing catch now. Chris Bassett got lit up by the Giants the other day. Uh, obviously, Max Scherzer's out for a couple of months with with his issues with the lat and the oblique. Atlanta hanging around. There's still three games under 500 though. They're seven and a half games back. Philly is also three games under 500 and seven and a half back. So, what my fears were with the depth of the National League really hasn't come to fruition yet this year. The lack of teams. Over 500, especially in the NL, is kind of jarring. Arizona's back to 500 now. They're they're 23 and 23 after the loss yesterday to the Dodgers. So you look at three teams in the West that are above 500, two teams in the Central that are above 500, and just one team in the East. That's six teams out of 15 that are above 500 in the National League. As for the American League, there is also uh, there's seven teams above 500. So just 13 teams right now above the 500 winning percentage mark in all of baseball. Feels odd. We're still very early, but something I feel like isn't going to stick around the entire season. Teams like Baltimore are starting to regress. Boston is starting to get hot. Trevor Story is just as hot as as, uh, Paul Goldschmidt is right now. He hit another home run yesterday. Uh, It's kind of wild. Taking a peek around league leaders right now, too. J.D. Martinez is now the, the baseball's leading hitter at a 380 batting average for the Red Sox. Aaron Judge is running away with the home run title. He's got 17 homers already. Jose Ramirez has 43 runs batted in. He leads baseball in that category. And uh, slugging percentage, obviously Aaron Judge. OPS, though, goes to Mike Trout. That's 1070. Uh, most hits goes to Rafael Devers. Freddie Freeman's been hitting a ton of doubles. He finally got his fourth homer of the year in yesterday's game. He's got 18 doubles tied with Matt Olson. Ironic that those two guys are the top of the leaderboard. And the rest of the league, pitching-wise, it's now Justin Verlander leading all of baseball in ERA, a 1.22 ERA, fresh off of Tommy John surgery a year ago. He's got a vesting option this year that hits after, I believe, 115 innings. He's certainly going to surpass that at this rate. He's been the best pitcher in the American League. The guy who's in second, by the way, Martin Perez with the Texas Rangers. He just shoved against the Oakland A's yesterday, too. But the leaders in wins are both Walker Bueller and Justin Verlander, but wins don't matter. Leader in strikeouts, it's a tie. Shane McClanahan with the Rays and Aaron Nola with the Phillies. So just wanted to take a quick rundown around the league. Get you ready for the weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Brandon Woodruff, Dakota Hudson going today at 7.15 on Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Fun episode. Thank you for listening. We got more coming next week. I got a guest I'm working on right now. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, the guests that we get lined up here in a little bit. That'll come out next week at some point. And uh, keep it locked on at Locked On Brewers for in-game updates as well. Or myself at Dom underscore Catronio. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you on Monday for a mailback episode. So get those questions in onto our Twitter, whether it's mine or the Locked On Twitter. Until then, keep on swinging. are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.